WBNE. Uh, adios, before we get started today, one let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is not an endorsement of the author of the books that these movies we're talking about is about. Um, I, I, we're not going to talk about the author. We're probably going to bring it up a little bit. I don't know. We haven't recorded this podcast just yet. But I do want to let you know that we do not endorse what they believe. Also, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. You can check out all the great reward tiers we have over there. We even have new patrons as of this week, and it's the best time of the month to do it because we don't charge you until the first of the month. So if you just want to like log in and try it and see what happens, see if you like it, you can totally do that. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Thank you for listening. Thank you for donating. And here we go. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Chill. And today we're going back to Hogwarts. Or maybe we're just meeting up with some old friends. So get back all your favorite directors. And... <laughs> because today we're bringing you... Uh, the Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Special. The Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Special came out on HBO Max. It's viewable right now. It came out on the first of the year, which is three days ago as this recording. I have no idea what the budget is. This budget for the series was like seven fifty, maybe, maybe a little more. No, probably closer, like nine twenty. Uh, made a lot of money across across the series. Um, I have no idea how this is ranking with uh, critics. It's a documentary about. Harry Potter. Let's check old, old Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And while you're doing that, I'm going to pull up some listener reviews. Now, on this one, we even enlisted the blurb support of our Facebook group, which is totally free to join. Um, so if you're like, man, I wish I could hang out with Tyler and Ethan, you can head over to Facebook.com slash a whole bunch of stuff, but join Bacon and Eggs fans. Uh, there's a bunch of people. We post every week. It's great. It is a 94% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an 89% audience rating. Wait, well, hold on. What was the critic? Uh, 94. 94 and 89? Yeah. All right. And I have a review from Keyshawn Jones here on the Bacon and Eggs fan group uh, who says, It was, dare I say, magical to see the cast effortlessly hop back into character like time hadn't passed. And I think the actor of Hagrid said it best that this, best, this story will be told for generations, passed down to children, and even though these actors won't live forever, the characters and how they brought everything to life will continue to live on forever. I feel nowadays the story she created is having a life of its own beyond her. She'll always be the creator, but the trio and Fantastic Beasts is having a legacy beyond the author. Uh, let's hope Fantastic Beast continues to improve on that legacy and not um, not tarnish it and leave it in shambly pieces. <laughs> it was so bad. All that, that being said, Secret of Dumbledore trailer looks really good. But, um, let's, yeah, so Her Her old Harold Potmaker. The, uh, um, what did you think of it, Ethan? Diving into the, the special. Yeah, I mean, it was... Um, like it's it's there's some part of me that loves it because it was like oh more Harry Potter content that like doesn't make me sad in any way and then it did make me sad but it made me very sad I'll also can I I think there's an elephant in the room about this whole thing I mean there's obviously an elephant in the room but there's another elephant in the room that I don't think anybody's talking about well let me let me finish what I was saying first sure um yeah, there's some part of me that's like this is Harry Potter um it's cool like but it it's an absolute dog documentary. It is, yeah. Yeah, like it's I um it was fun. It was I got bored. 
It's uh, I mean, it's it's propaganda is what I was. going Yeah, say. A- absolutely. Like it's like, hey, you loved Harry Potter, right? You loved it. We all loved it. And it like it swells with these beautiful musical notes or yeah. musical motifs, and then it's just like Emma Watson on Rupert Grint for an hour and forty seven yeah. minutes. And that awkward conversation about like Tom Felton and Emma Watson being in love with each other, but like not allowing themselves to feel it. And yeah, that was um, weird. It was like and then they got and and in the middle of it, they got Alfonso Cuarón in to come and talk about uh, a movie that he shot like 15 17 years ago that he apparently remembers as though it happened last week the man is a visionary i mean for sure for sure i love the- i i i so what i go ahead yeah, go ahead i would have paid uh to watch christopher columbus and oh, sorry chris columbus <laughs> and um dude change your name is the thing like, right. your parents your parents are like <laughs> mom and dad columbus were like this is our son chris change your name you're the director of Home Alone, for God's sake. Okay, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, you're the director of the first two Harry Potter movies. Uh, you're known for being like good with kids or whatever. Just like change your name. But um, I would have paid for for him and and Quaron to sit in a room together and talk about their experiences working on Potter. I thought it was interesting how much Quaron respected Columbus. It seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I guess. I, the- I think. I think it's very easy to watch the series. And from an armchair, be like, oh, Quaron had a vision. Well, and it's very easy to watch the series and think, you know, oh, there's bad blood there. Yeah. That, like, between, that David Heyman was like, screw you, Chris Columbus. Yeah. We're getting an art guy for this. Yeah, exactly. And instead finding out that, like, there's a very specific reason they went this route. Yeah. And I do think it worked. I, I don't. I still to this day think that Quaron was the wrong move. But mm. I disagree. And also, I, so I recently watched Prisoner. I've recently watched the first five. Sure. Uh, like within the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, Prisoner, this watch has stood out to me more than it ever has before. And typically in the past when I've loved it, it's been for the front half. But it's the... Prisoner has like four acts, right? Because it has to go do everything again. Yeah. It's the third act. It is. And they touch on this. Danny Radcliffe and, and Rupert Grant and Emma Watson were talking about this. How like they were standing in a room with Alan Rickman and David Thewlis and. And, and Timothy uh, Spall and Timothy Gary Spall Oldman. And, and Gary Oldman. And they were just like acting their asses off. Yeah. That scene is so insanely It's so good. good. And, and, and let me be clear. I'm not saying The Prisoner is a bad movie. I think it is, is far and away the best movie of the eight of them. But, like, that's not really the point. And it makes the series I, feel yeah. disjointed in such a way that, like, I don't think Mike Newell ever got a fair shake because of it. Right? Like, Goblin Fire is not great. Let's be 100% honest. It's a little I, bit of a mess. It's a it messy is. book. It's a messy movie. Um and it just sort of like this is what i like about goblet the movie is and i feel bad not knowing the actor's name is the dude who plays well barty crouch jr not david Tennant, but the guy who's playing mad eye moody oh yeah that character's so good i mean the casting for the whole series to, to this day continues to be spot on 
right? Like, if there's one thing they got right, it's casting and set design. Yeah. And I think one of the big challenges that I realized watching the 20th anniversary with Goblet of Fire as a movie and as a book, one, the book sucks, okay? Yeah, it's rough. It's It's, rough. It's it's bad. So here's the thing about those two movies. Um, Which two? Sorry. Four and five. Not four and five. Three and four. Those movies Mm -hmm. and those books, right? Three is a good story that's not about the Harry Potter series. Four is a bad story that is the Harry Potter series. Yes. Three's good, though, man. Three is where it all comes from. I, it's you say not, it's not about though. the Potter series. To me, it's the most Potter series. It's Potter-centric. That's, that's such BS, and you know it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the plot. It's just I like serious Black is a red herring. I, yeah, but it's got serious. It's got, but like when you build it out a little bit, you got serious. You've got Wormtail doesn't get enough credit as a baddie. All right, I He's agree. The worst, it's because it's not done well enough. Yeah. Um. And the the other problem is that it it, it um, it ends very far away from the end of the movie. Like, the climactic scene happens. With the one we were just talking about, all those those people in the room in the Shrieking Shack. And there's still a lot of movie to go. There's like a whole plot device left to be revealed. It's got the same problem Eternals does, except backwards. Yes. Where Eternals with like 17 minutes left in the movie was like, by, there's a way, by the way, there's a celestial inside of Earth. And we have to stop it. And, and uh, yeah, and Harry Potter, the Prisoner of Azkaban, it's like, we killed the celestial that's inside Earth. You know, the thing we've been working toward the entire movie. And now... I don't know. We got to do some other stuff. We got to got to save. We got to Marty McFly it. We got to watch the celestial be killed. Yeah. I don't know. I think. Look, if Harry Potter pulled about- out a, a guitar and started playing Johnny Be Good, that would have. <laughs> then you'd, you'd have me. Then you'd have That's me. That's right? his Patronus. His Patronus is Johnny Be Good. His Patronus <laughs> is Chuck Berry. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just comes out of uh, but I think so the point I was making when, when our uh, call ended was that like the problem with four is that it, it you know it is the most hormonal of the movies it's where the dating starts it's where like all those sort of romance comes in sure and then it also has the heaviest handed moment with a character who's not I guess he's dating Cho but like, who's like Harry's crush? Oh right? my god! Yeah. So but you're talking like, about Cedric. You talk about Wormtail not being credited enough as a baddie. Cedric is just not given anything to work with, even in the book. I know he's, he's not was, there. I know. And then I was watching the the movie, and I was like, man, they got Robert Pattinson to do this. What a get! When like really at the time, it was not a get. Yeah. He hadn't been in the lighthouse. He wasn't Robert Pattinson yet. He wasn't he was, Edward Cullen. Well, he was Edward Cullen, I think, but like... No, he was not Edward Cullen yet. No, not yet? No. This was his audition for Edward Cullen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like... And and I think if anybody knew the potential of Robert Pattinson, you could have written in a little bit more character development into the movie. I did like what they said, what the producer said like yeah we got this really sort of dark director for the third movie and then the fourth movie we want you know it's a competition it's english it's bombastic we wanted an english director now i was like oh that kind of makes sense yeah but mike newell's just the wrong guy <laughs> no mike newell's not the guy like yeah. right like <laughs> and here's the thing is like the the older i get the more i respect 
what just what David Yates did with the last four. Yeah. He had him really feeling like a unit, like a cohesive unit. Yeah. Right. Like, like they feel locked tight together in a way that the first four don't. Correct. Obviously, because they're like, we're going to have the first two and they're going to be kids movies. And then we're going to have a drastic stylistic change. And then we're going to have a drastic stylistic change. And then we're going to have a drastic stylistic change. And that stylistic change is the one we're going to stick with. But we're going to just like turn the not the, the the brightness down every few minutes. Just a little bit more for the next 10 years. Till it's very dark. Yeah. I will say this. I think, I mean, I think for you and I who like make a habit out of watching a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, that's easier to tell. I think on the whole, it's very clear that like, yes, there are changes from director to director for the first four. They completely redid Hogwarts for the second or after the second one. Correct. Completely redid Hogwarts. Yes. And they continue to completely redo Hogwarts. It's the same on the outside for the rest of them. And Dumbledore changes. (laughs) Yeah, and Dumbledore changes. That's Uh, not like, that's not anybody's fault. No, and I don't think that was the plan. Although I think it had to happen. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, Richard Harris is great, right? But he's not the right Dumbledore for the next. For the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem with, again, like, you know, they talked about this a lot in the special, like when when Ikorin talks about this, when he gets to 13, it's like that is when the, the onus of the whole thing is really placed upon his shoulders. Right. Like Wait, he has he to mean? grow up really fast. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that happens even in the books. Right. And that's just like that's not fair to the filmmakers. Right. Like just yeah. to write that dr- that drastic tonal difference between those two books. Yeah. Because well, I mean, for, one one and two could could be the same book basically. Like, you yeah. just you swap out the 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 nouns and and it's the same thing. I think three is important to not have Voldemort as a villain, and I wish another one didn't have Voldemort. That's the problem. Yeah, I wish they did that again in five or six. Which, like, obviously there was no way, right? Like Cedric Diggory's dead, and then Voldemort went on holiday. Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's weird enough he waits until May every year, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's the worst in five, too. Right. Because there's no reason, right? Like, Dolores Umbridge exists specifically to give Harry something to be mad about for an entire school year. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I think that it's important, like, you know, the first one, you've got this sort of, like, Voldemort thing, and then the second one, you've got this sort of, like, different Voldemort-y thing. I don't know, it... To me, Rick Riordan couldn't have written one and two. And that's what sort of breaks my heart. Because if other authors could could do that, like I think about these books and I think about like, I've read books about similar things where there's like, you know, a school and everybody wears wizard hats and it's, oh, we play sports on broomsticks. I mean, I haven't read other books with obviously these plot points because for the past 25 years they've been taken. Um, But, you know, it's like this silly sort of modern mythos about developing what myths or what, what witches or like what that could be and what that would look like in real society. But these books are just so good, man. She yeah, she really just owns wizard school the way Tolkien owned like elves. Yes. Yeah. 
Like, like, like to me, when people make the comparison, Camp Half-Blood is just like Hogwarts. It's like, no, it's it not. fucking isn't. It's not. Hogwarts is a it's, full, a whole ass character. Yeah. Right. Like Hogwarts, Hogwarts is a more is interesting character than most. Yeah. <laughs> you know how, you know how <laughs> in Sex of the City, the fourth member is the city. Yeah. The fifth member or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the, you got the golden trio and Hogwarts. Right. That, that they, and again, a lot of it comes down to, um, the writing, but like, I, I don't think Hogwarts lives and breathes the way it does without the movies, right? Like Harry Potter is a great character and he's great. He's well-written, but like Hogwarts lives and breathes because in a lot to do with because of the movies. Yeah. Because you have I, such I, strong visuals, right? They took a lot of time and they made sure that it looked and felt magical constantly. Yeah. It's a point be, where you can walk into a, in, into a, a kitschy set piece in a, in a theme park in Florida and cry. Yeah. Yeah, in ways that like I'm, I see on TikTok all the time Avengers Campus in Disneyland California, and I don't think I would cry if I went. No, I think I think I'd be like, oh, this is something. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I'd like it. It's not, but it's not. It's but it's not. It's not walking into Diagon Alley. It's not walking into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I haven't been to Galaxy's you know? Edge. Oh man, it's freaking sweet. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I I 100 yeah. believe it. Yeah. Uh. The, the theme park aspect is the only reason that I would want Disney to buy Harry Potter. I think Universal has done a phenomenal job. With yeah, it. but like if it was if it was Disney, it would be like you would just have a whole nother park, right? You'd have the Magic Kingdom yeah. and Animal Kingdom and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and right. Hollywood Studios. <laughs> or it could be a uh, whole thing. Like you have to get there by the train. Like, right. I think it would be interesting if one of my big complaints about Universal is they have this amazing Hogwarts castle and I I don't think you can like go in it. Like it's There's like, like a ride inside of it, I think. Or there was well, yeah, previously? But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I know we've been there. I think Hagrid Mo, Hagrid's motorbike ride is like partially inside of it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Uh I haven't been I think since you and I went. I don't think that ride was done yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. Um Yeah, no, but I was, the, that being oh, said, I, I like I was sort of disappointed by the specials just because I wanted like a, a kind of full scale documentary. And what I got was, you know, a reunion <coughs> special. Right. But yeah. it was kind of a it was kind of a disjointed reunion special in the ways that like the Friends reunion wasn't. Yeah, I would have because liked... you had six people sit in an apartment together and talk to, about their favorite moments in episodes. Right? It works a lot better for TV shows than it does for huge, gigantic movie franchises. I don't think it does though. I think had they taken a moment where they said, "Hey, we want Ray Fine, Robbie Coltrane, you know, Dan, Emma, Rupert, uh, I don't know who else." Gary Oldman to come sit in a room and talk about their favorite moments on Potter. And and we'll just play that for about 20, 25 minutes. We'll do the rest of the special stuff. But if we just had that, you know, yeah. kind of kicking around, I think that would have been exceptional. If I got an, un, of, if, an unadulterated half an hour with Rupert Grant, Daniel Radcliffe, and Emma Watson just talking about what the, that experience was like without the the interruptions of the, like, funky titles every five minutes and you know without talking to tom felton 
Not that I have anything wrong with talking to Tom Felton, but like, I would have much preferred like a, like a series of this, right? Like, yeah, where it's like this week in conversation with X Y Z, this week in conversation with you know Tom Felton, now, and Matthew I'll, Lewis. I'll tell you this: it was propaganda, and it worked. Oh, it worked for sure. It worked, man. It's not just me. The world is reading these books and watching these movies yeah. right now. Yeah, and. There's never been anything like it, and there won't be anything like it ever again. And and people love to make the the complaint of like, well, you know, XYZ movie isn't that good. You know, XYZ book isn't that good. Like, there are better books, there are better movies. And like, yeah, but it's, it, dude, it's done though. Like, it has been, this whole property has been rubber stamped by, you know, by popular culture in a way that, that nothing else has, right? Yeah. In a way that Disney even can't, they can make three billion dollars at the box office, but they can't re- they can't recreate that, right? Oh, they, like it's evident that they keep trying. Like, yeah, you know, every Marvel movie is bigger than the last, and you have yeah. to think at some point Disney's like, we need to bury Potter. Yeah, we need to whatever their top, wherever they sit on the bill on the on the box office, we need to bury it. And the, but they're not gonna they're not gonna get it with box office numbers and and. Because it's not about the box office. Avengers Endgame, right? They're going to get it with the TV shows, truly, I think. They'll get closer with anything. I don't know, man. They're going to have to... If they want Marvel to be the answer, it'll have to be a park, I think. And they'll have to do better than Avengers Campus. Yeah. Granted, I haven't been. Maybe it's amazing. Um, I think the closest they ever got was Baby Yoda, honestly. Yeah, but it's, Baby Yoda's not the cupboard under the stairs. No. Number four, Privet Drive. No. And Owl Like, I... I understand every stupid complaint about Harry Potter. Like, I get it. I I am a huge proponent of the houses being, like, the stupidest system in the world. Yeah. I I can't stand them. Yeah. Uh, and then when people make comments, like, you know, Quidditch is a dumb sport. It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, I agree. I think when grown adults play Quidditch, it's ridiculous. Uh Yeah. And people be and like, it's a made up sport. And then the Quidditch fans be like, all sports are made up. And I'm like, yeah, but most sports don't require you to walk around with a broom that doesn't do anything. Right. Like, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the, because the, the whole the whole thing about Quidditch is that Quidditch doesn't work in the real world the way. Right. Football you, does. Would, you would be flying. <laughs> right. And the balls can think for themselves. Right. Well, two of them or three of them can. Yeah. Uh, get, once once I see Quidditch played with the Golden Snitch as an FPV drone, then I'll talk. Then we could talk about, uh, we could talk about Quidditch being a real sport. Honestly, like if you can program some AI into an FPV drone to get it to like fly as high as I don't know, twenty feet within a box in just like a random pattern, that got to be pretty easy to program. Yeah, right? absolutely. But then you put like a little tracker on the seekers and make it like try to evade them. Yeah. Yeah. I that think it would try bad. to evade everyone. Yeah. I think we'd break a lot of drones. Oh, definitely. They were only yeah. using those golden stitches once. That's true. Because they got I flesh memories. Yeah. Yeah. I opened at the close. No, 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 no. I think it's a cop out that uh, the Sorcerer's Stone is not the Resurrection Stone. That was dumb. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, the problem is, the problem is, you can't make the Sorcerer's Stone a Horcrux. I think you take the Sorcerer's Stone away and Nicholas Flamel away and just say that the Quirrell has the Resurrection Stone. The problem is, he she was una- unwilling to retcon her own books. Correct. It was the the George Lucas like insistence that she had it planned for the beginning. Yeah. The word Horcrux, I, and I maintain this to this day, the word Horcrux did not exist before book six. No, correct. And that was so that I mean, yeah. Can you imagine theory culture waiting for book four to come out and trying to guess what it's going to be about? Oh, that was a, that was the thing is that the books the books ended in two thousand seven or two thousand six or whatever it was, right? Two thousand seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, seven, 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 seven. Yeah. yeah. They had to end in 2007, right? They couldn't, they couldn't exist past then. Past YouTube. Yeah. Past, like, like, because in 2007, I got Facebook, right? Yeah. And if I had the opportunity to, like, speculate on Facebook about the new Harry Potter book with my friends who are also waiting for the, the new Harry Potter book to come out, it's game over. It's it. It's it. It's not fun anymore. It cannibalizes itself because like the Tumblr people talk about this, right? Where they're like the where Tumblr became its own crazy insular community surrounding Harry Potter and still is to this day. Yeah. It's the point where like Andrew Garfield will go on Tumblr and like speak as canonically Remus Lupin. <laughs> because Tumblr's insane. Um, I'm sorry if I offended any of you by saying this, but y'all are nuts. Okay. Mary Clay Watt, if you're listening to this, that includes you. <laughs> but we love you. But we love you. I, I'm nuts about things too. Yeah, but whew, boy, um, but yeah. If 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 Harry Potter comes out in the age of theory, YouTube, and all that stuff, like it's it's game over. It's not any fun anymore. My so much of the stuff, the good stuff about Harry Potter is that it is book closed at this point, right? And that we've the book yeah. has been closed for 14 years now, 15 years now. Yeah. Um. I think one of the things this special does well. And they were very close to perfecting it. I know I said we wouldn't, but the special really makes a case for we're going to reclaim Potter for the fans. Yeah. And for Daniel Radcliffe and for Emma Watson and for Rupert Grant. They're the creator. David Heyman. Was that the name of the producer? Yeah, that's the producer. Producer. They're the ones who made this thing. But then they included clips of Rowling. I know they were from um, from the author. I know they were from 2019. But it's still like... I it, During none of those clips was I like, oh yeah, well you did kind of have to include that. Yeah, no, she wasn't... And honestly, it, it's less... Um, and I don't know I don't know how I feel about this, and I, I was hesitant to even bring it up. Um, but the way that the cast talks about her... I'm almost surprised they got away with and that I haven't seen anybody really saying anything about it. And I don't know if I think we should. And that's not my decision to make. Right. Like I am almost the least affected by the author's comments. Right. Out, out of out of all the human beings. Yeah. Right. I, I, I am a, a, a cisgendered white man. Um, there's not, you know, it, it is not my place to des- decide whether or not we should be mad about that. But like, the way the cast talks about her in the special 
I'm really surprised they included it the way they did. And I, I do think it shows some tendency toward... Oh boy, there's no really easy way to say this. It shows some tendency toward the actors and the cast saving face in the public eye. Because a lot I of them, a lot of them clearly still respect the author and enjoy the time they spent with her and are willing to say that publicly in the special when they are less willing to say that in the media. Yes. And I think... And again, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I truly, I truly don't have a take there. It just, that shocked me constantly that that they said those things, that they made the cut, that there wasn't some director behind the scenes like, hey, you can't, you can't. Hey, Dan, you can't, bud. But how, like... But at the same I time, how do you tell Daniel Radcliffe what to say about Harry Potter, right? Right, like, and he I, is I don't literally think you should, Harry. Right? I don't think you should. And I think if you're Daniel Radcliffe, regardless of what the author has said and how much I know he disagrees with it, sure. and he's come out and said he has and made public statements, he can't... I, if I were him, I would be very conflicted. Oh, about, def- like, definitely. Like, yeah, you said some really crappy stuff, but my whole identity and career is built off of your creation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I am thankful that I'm in the position that I'm right. in. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I think it's, I think it's very challenging, especially for somebody like Dan who... I mean, I don't know all the finer details of his private life, but from what I understand, he's a cisgendered heterosexual man. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I just completely switch gears. I am always, well, not completely necessarily, because it does sort of dive in the same things. I am always struck by how this cast turned out. When, like, nobody... Because, like, Macaulay Culkin's kind of a fuck-up. Well, hold on. I think you're giving them too much credit. I think what I'll say this is the thing that stood out to me more than anything during the special is that Rupert Grint was Ron. Yeah. Going back and watching the movies. He is the best child actor. But what I'm saying is like these this whole group of people has kept themselves out of the news for any sort of negativity almost entirely. Yeah. But like yeah. to, to have that many people like for, for Matthew Lewis not to be like arrested for his fourth DUI or something like is crazy. Yeah. You get that many kids together in a room of like child actors and have none of them just absolutely turn into complete and total burnouts. Well, is, Disney can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, child well, they killed Lindsay Lohan's Dis- sister. Yeah. And child actors from Disney end up. I mean, Lindsay Lohan had. Listen, she's Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus had a phase. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ashley Tisdale, I think, had a thing. Hillary Duff had a thing. Yeah, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Um, Some of these people might be Nickelodeon stars, I'm not sure. <laughs> but same deal, though. But those are all Disney stars. Okay. I, yeah. um, I get some... The... Because the, uh, I didn't watch really any of them, with the exception of like, Drake and Josh and I, Carly... I didn't watch many of the like child live action sitcoms that came out during our youthhood. No, not many. 
<laughs> not many. Dylan and Cole Sprouse went through a thing. Yeah, uh, but like, so I get, I get which ones are Nickelodeon and which ones are Disney mixed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no idea where. I know Hannah Montana is Disney, but like, I couldn't tell you where. Victorious aired. It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um. Zoe yeah, 101. Like, they had Jamie Lynn Spears. <laughs> that was Nickelodeon, but yeah. Yeah. Um, like Daniel Radcliffe is is seems to be a pretty stand up guy. Rupert Grint is like you know doesn't even like do anything in the public. Yeah, so I worry like I'll owns an ice cream this, truck and has a, a wife and ch- children. Like, I my understanding with Rupert Grint, I don't know. Watching it, I was like, man, it seems like seems like you had a harder go of it than the others. Oh, I'm sure that that everything except for the actual filming of the movies was terrible for these kids. Yeah. Like, well, they talk about and even to the adults, saying, right? Because like Michael Gambon didn't appear in this special because people are still mean to him about the way he said that one line. Yeah. And like, that's utter bullshit. That's honestly not even his choice. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, it I mean, he could have like, had some input on it, but if. If Mike Newell was like, hey, actually, we're not doing it that way, like, that's that, you know? He also just, like, he can't control the fact that the Dumbledore that is projected, that is, uh, um, the Dumbledore that's in the books, right, is completely and utterly unfilmable because he's, Absolute nonsense constantly. He's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Do we like Harry? Do we not like Harry? Like, you can't you can't film that, right? You have to let the audience know in a movie. Like the the actor has to be able to portray the intentions of the character to some extent. Yeah. Um And so like if we're really gonna come down to 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 bullying Michael Gambon because he didn't say it a line calmly. Then, then we got a problem, right? And we're and we're not going to bully Ray Fines for that laugh. We're not going to bully Ray Fines for anything. No, I mean I fully agree, but like the, it's with some of those people, it's it's the it, you know you you can't have it's it, it's seen being or Sean Bond, right? You can't have both, right? You can you can get mad at Michael Gambon for for yelling at Harry in that one scene, but you also have to get mad at Ray Fines for laughing like that. Yeah, it's a requirement. But I'm just not mad at Michael Gambon. I no, I'm not either. Dumbledore. I'm not either. The other complaint that people have about him is like he didn't read the books or whatever, and like that is not his job. He's yeah, no, he's I not paid to read the books or know the story. He's paid to be Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, and I think when you watch the special, you get an idea of like they're not all sitting around, like especially with the first two. I was thinking about this. They were showing like anytime they weren't actively filming, the kids were playing games. Yeah, like. They're not sitting around like, how do we really portray this? What was Rowling trying to say here? And what's the, what's the method actor way of? Well, and so the problem was, scene? Chris Columbus has to sit in his house at ten p.m. doing that, right? And the problem was that like you had the kids right that all really wanted to be in Harry Potter, yeah. And then you had Chris Columbus that was like, yeah, I didn't want to do it until my daughter read the third book, and you had, um. You know, Gary Oldman that was like, I was not about Harry Potter until I, I learned that Alfonso Cuaron was going to be in it or be directing me. <laughs> and you had Ray Fiennes being like, I don't know what Harry Potter is. Who is Lord Voldemort? 
and his sister being like, no, you have to do it, Rafe. Like, you have to. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's only it is only Michael Gambon that that is expected of. <laughs> right. Well, he's Dumbledore. It's like, no. Alan Rickman doing what he did was above and beyond. Sure, yeah. Like, praise the people that did it for doing it. Don't, like... But you can't you can't demand that of an actor that like you know they give themselves to the role in a way that is not necessary, right? That's how you end up with Heath Ledger. Right. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a, a an end to that point. Just like there was people that were that were not featured for, for various reasons. That's the one that, that gets to me. I would have loved to have heard from Maggie Smith and Emma Thompson. Oh my gosh, Emma Thompson is one of the underrated heroes of the Potter franchise. Can you imagine, like, like you're Daniel Radcliffe and you just get to grow up and, like, some of your best adult friends are Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson and, you know, Kenneth Branagh and all these yeah. people. Gary Oldman, just the, the entire British acting industry. Right. Some of the greatest ca- people that, you know, character actors to ever live. Yeah. It's the, you know, the British equivalent of, like, your next-door neighbors being Steve Buscemi and Paul Giamatti. And just, like, they're your babysitters. Right. <laughs> you babysat by Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks and, uh, yeah. Ugh. He's not just your babysitter. He's also the director of your uh, local Shakespeare theater. Right. And he's in it, but he's playing Tybalt in your Romeo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah no it was I mean it's always great to hear these people um, talk about the filming and talk about the process right because I truly do think that they were probably some of the best film sets to work on in the history of the movie industry Uh that like you don't come back with horror stories from Harry Potter like there are so few that fly around no, and everybody, uh, and the somebody anec- who I... The anecdotes you get are almost entirely positive. Yeah. I uh, I read Warwick Davis's autobiography last year. Yeah. Uh, which is called Life Too Short. Very good. Yeah. Um, and he talks about, in that book, his experience on Potter. He's in... He's Flitwick in everyone that he's in, and he skips a few somewhere in there. Uh, but he talks about it like it's like... It was better than being in Star Wars. Oh, I 100% believe that. Well, Everyone hated being in Star Wars. Not Warwick Davis. He, I mean, they made a spinoff about his character. So. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, But, I mean, he talks about it with such... You know, he talks about it like it being just the best thing in the world. That, like, he was in... Yeah. You know, these Potter movies. He's so thankful to have gotten the opportunity to to play Flitwick. To, yeah. To be a, I, I'm certain it was amazing. Yeah. Well, like, you know, you had the first two directed by Chris Columbus, who, like, clearly loves working with child leads and he's like good at it. Right. Like every time I listen to him talk about the kids, I get like teary eyed just because like he loved it so much, clearly, and was just like this so is, good with them. This is the best thing. What I didn't expect truly out of this special was was Caron. To be that, because, you know, it's easy to think of it as just, like, another movie, which he hasn't done very many, but it's easy to just think about it as another movie for him, right? Like, oh, he did Harry Potter, he also but did Roma, right? Right, but it can't possibly be another but like, movie. Like, he yes, cares he Roma, so but- much. 
And Harry Potter made significantly more than anything else. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like, but, you know, Psycho I, I guarantee is not you... going to forget he did Thor. Sure. Sure. Um, but, like, it, 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 as, as an example of Thor directors, like, I guarantee you that Kenneth Branagh doesn't uh, look back at his time doing Thor as the best part of his career. No, he definitely. You doesn't. know, he Kenneth Branagh thinks about Gilderoy Lockhart more than he does Thor of Asgard. Probably. I think he and Emma Thompson were like married while they did the movies, Harry Potter movies. But oh, really? Yeah. Isn't she like a lot older than him? Than Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. No. Oh. No. Um. What was I gonna say? But yeah, like for for Cora to come in and be like, just speak the way he did, especially about Sirius Black, and I was like, this dude gets it still to this day, right? He he could make the movie again tomorrow without reading the book again. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you had you had Chris Columbus be like, yeah, dude, I loved working with the kids. Uh, it was great, and you had Mike Noel being like, yeah, I wrestled, uh, I wrestled with with Fred and George, and you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. And you had David Yates be like, I'm still working on this. Please don't kill me if I say anything wrong. You know, Alfonso <laughs> like, Sirius Black is a misunderstood character in, <laughs> you know, like, it just keeps cutting back to him, like, saying things. He's, he's, he's like, so he's like, smart. I'm going to insert some goddamn smarts into this documentary if I have to bully them for it. <laughs> David, yeah, I didn't think about how David Yates is, like, actively working on Actively, <laughs> yeah, he, like, took time off from filming The Secrets of Dumbledore right. to record this. David, it's like, uh, oh, God, uh, was that Fantastic Beasts? Which one? Hold on. Which one was Eddie Redmayne in? And, and you know what? This I, this is what I've always um, flabbergasted by with these movies is how many practical sets they made for these movies. Oh, and, and like and, the WB Studio Tour? And just how they've kept all of them. Oh, well, yeah, they're not going anywhere, man. No, but for sure. But like that's never happened ever. Yeah, you can't go to the Isla de la Muertas. Right. Yeah. You know, you can walk in, in to, to, to Universal or whatever in, in Hollywood and go to, like, the town square where they did Gilmore Girls and American Pie and some of Supernatural. But, like, you can't, you could, you know, there's no other movies like that. I'm, I'm astounded by how many um, practical sets there were. And I'm also always astounded by how many of the outdoor scenes were shot in the soundstage yeah like because when they were doing that the the scene with the whomping willow like inside in just like a big room with some fog like not even green screens but just like just like a, a like a blue wall like a like a midnight colored wall and some fog and like a yeah. big tree wild wild um, and, Sir, and I don't know, Gary Oldman can turn into a big black dog. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing I was possibly the least impressed with, I don't think I've ever heard Gary Oldman talk just like normally. And like his normal Gary Oldman In voice? In his normal Gary Oldman voice, he was just like, yeah, they painted me as a villain. And I was like, <laughs> you're one of the, you're a tour de force of dramatic acting. What is that voice that you're using? <laughs> like you're Jim Gordon, for God's sake. Well, Jim Gordon's an American. I know, but like, I just was not expecting. Like, I don't know what Leonardo DiCaprio sounds like. 
No, me neither. Like Leonardo DiCaprio could come up to me like, cheerio, pip, pip, governor, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Sure I you guess. are. <laughs> yeah, Gary Oldman just be like, they painted me as a felon. I was like, who are you? <laughs> what was that? He was so good in that movie. Good Lord. Yeah. And it's always wild to me. Like, I love seeing the the villains just be super because they, I, you know, I'm sure they, they this was a factor, right? That like Helena Bonham Carter and Ray Fiennes and Jason Isaacs are like the nicest people in the world. You know, when they cast Jason Isaacs that they were like, how nice are you to children in real life? Yeah. Like, well, and I, I remember hearing Jason Isaacs talk one time. He like watched once after he got the job. He watched the first one and was like, "Draco's a little shit. I've got to be worse than this guy. How am I going <laughs> to do that?" <laughs> oh, he's so good though. I think yeah. I think Malf- uh, Lucius Malfoy is a character that like I think that's something that during Seven the author was just like, "Oh shit, Malfoy! What are we going to do about this?" Yeah, God, what a great character that I've just underwritten the whole time. Yeah. Oh, God. And and, and, and and honestly, it's one of those things where like that is a portrayal that is better than the book, right? Like Jason Isaacs as Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Helena Bottom Carter as Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Better than the book, right? Those characters oh, yeah. live and breathe because of the actors. Yeah. Helena Bottom Carter. Good Lord. I mean, you know, who yeah. could have made a good Dumbledore. Helena Bottom Carter. No. Who? Johnny Depp. Well, he's not even allowed to make a good Grindelwald anymore. I know. And the thing that's going to be so so infuriating is that Mads Mikkelsen is going to do gonna such a good job. It. He's going to absolutely God. crush it. Because as, as soon as they were like, I think I thought it before they even like announced him. I was like, God, he'd be so good to like, you know, replace him. Yeah. Ugh. We, think we, were, about we were talking Mads about it in the office the other day. No, this is this is the thing. Mads Mikkelsen is going to do such a good job, but Johnny Depp and and um, Dumbledore, Jude Law, Jude Law did have great romantic chemistry that I don't think Mads Mikkelsen and Jude Law will have. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they will either. Although, who knows, right? I don't think we've seen because we haven't seen Mad Mads Mickelson's and I don't think this is going to be it right but we haven't seen Mads Mickelson's Oscar role yet right it's like that out there. dude's that dude's best is still ahead of him yeah Johnny Depp's best is absolutely behind him yeah um but yeah we we're talking about this the office the other day and I think it would be great if they just kept recasting Grindelwald with every movie oh so it's like it was Colin Firth and then Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I literally in my brain was like, I always get Colin Firth and Colin Farrell mixed up. I'm going to just, I'm just like gonna in, go for it. But in, I do the same thing, but in name alone, right? Like, I absolutely know the difference between the two of them. Oh, yeah. I, they don't look the same. <laughs> no. And they they could not be more different with, like, how right. they are in movies. It's like Colin yeah. Firth would make an awful Grindelwald. No, he'd make a good Dumbledore. He would make a great Dumbledore. Yeah. But yeah, like, uh, yeah, you get you get Colin Farrell, and then you get uh, Johnny Depp, and then you get Matt Mickelson, and then you get Christoph Waltz. And you just keep doing it? And you just keep doing it. <laughs> and by the end, Ezra Miller is playing. Ezra Miller himself is playing Grindelwald. And Credence. <laughs> 
By Henry Fantastic Cavill. Beasts 7, Daniel Radcliffe is playing <laughs> Grindelwald. Uh, Dame Maggie Smith. Somehow still alive. Hey, don't you open your mouth. I, I, I don't think I could jinx her at this point. If that special we just watched doesn't, doesn't I don't think we could jinx her. Because she was the one that was like dying on set. 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. 12 and years then, ago. She was being pushed around in a wheelchair for the last two movies. And then did that again for Downton Abbey. Yeah. And it's just still going. Yeah. And, and they had to do it, right? They obviously had to do the, the, like, for all those we've lost along the way scene. Yeah. I didn't need that. I didn't need that in my life. Leave me alone. I was surprised... I, this it was a really jarring transition in the actual special. It was. Especially because then they were like, you... let's talk about the, the fun scenes in the last two movies after that. I think, And then we're going to film everybody crying for 10 minutes. Here's my thing. If you're going to include clips of the author speaking in 2019, then you can include clips of Alan Rickman and his relationship with Daniel Radcliffe. I agree wholeheartedly. Because I'm, they had such a, an important relationship. I'm sure in the author's contract with Warner Brothers, there is something that, like, when they eventually made this, she had to be included in some way. Yeah. Positive. But also, like, if you're, you know, if you're Warner Brothers, like... Don't be a coward. Well, on one hand, don't be a coward, but like they are always going to be cowards, right? And they're gonna they're gonna bend, they're right? The Warner Brothers, they, yeah. they can't afford to not bend. Listen, this is the weirdest part about being a Harry Potter fan is, especially coming back around to it and being like, you know what? The fans claim it; it's our thing. Yeah, and then hanging out with people who never left. It's like, wait a minute, P- people who who have no idea what you're talking about, right? <laughs> or don't care. Yeah. Like, do know, and they're like, yeah, I mean, I don't think those things that she said were that bad. Which, like, let me tell you, you're wrong. Right, Or and there are also a whole subset of people, and, like, I... These are not my people to criticize, right? But, like, they just love Harry Potter and don't feel the need to interface with it that way. Where, like, their love for it is more important than the, the politics surrounding it. Right. Because, like, I feel this sometimes where, like... You know, I don't. I'm not gonna go. There, there are certain canceled artists that like I. Just, I can't stop listening to their music. And I'm not saying yeah, no, celebrate. I've, I'm not saying celebrate separate art from the artists. Like I'm probably not gonna buy vinyls or go to concerts or whatever. And those people usually aren't touring anymore anyway. But like the music is is important to me in a whole different way. That like right. I don't. The relationship is so complicated these days. And I truly hope that she she comes to see the error of her ways and and can accept and profess love and learn to you know coexist with the the people that that love her thing right and we can we can one day welcome her back. Yeah, and I think you know for the fans who I think my critique of the fans through this whole thing are are any. I don't know. 
I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, just bail out then. <laughs> don't worry about yeah. it. It is. It, it. It's not. It's not. I mean, it is our fight, right? But it is not our decision. Yeah. No, I'm not saying any fan should stay and they should ignore. No, yeah, I, I, no, I know you're not saying that. It's just like it's it's there's so many different. There's so much sides to it. It's not a two sided and, coin, right? It's not a black and white issue. No, it's not because there is the art, the artist, and and the viewer. There's especially I mean, with movies, right? Especially yeah. with movies. Especially with movies with starring amazing activists like Emma Watson. Well, you it's, know? it's not even that. Like it's it's because I, I don't want to just put it on on the you know what the actors do and don't do. Offset, but it's like there's so many people. Um, there is no movie that is a, a single person endeavor, right? Like, right. Not the way books are, not the way music is, not that, you know, music is a single person endeavor either, but like it can be in a way that a movie simply can't be. Yeah. The exception always being notable. Yeah. Right. Like you think about Bo Burnham's inside, and it's like, yeah, that's that's partially incredible because he did it by himself. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it also is the kind of thing we have to have an argument about whether or not it's a movie, right? Like, right. Simply yeah, yeah, because well, of, he did do it by himself. So. It's not even that. It's just like it does not meet any of the criteria. Sure, it does. Not it really. Good. It's so good. I'm not saying it's not good. That's God, I hate it when you do that. So good. Is it? Is it a movie? Is it a comedy? I hate special? it when you do that. What is it? Oh, it's so good. Because um, you just make me sound like an asshole. You do well, this all the time where you're just like, I'll, I'll make a point, and you'll be like, ah, it's so good. It's just like, yeah, I get it. It's not the point I was making. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying something completely different about it. But now all they're going to hear is, either thinks it's bad, Tony totally thinks it's good. Well, I, I mean, it is so freaking good. So good. Good old Harold Potmaker. Ugh. Larry Potter. I, can I tell you something? Yeah. I don't know if I have anything else to say about this special. Yeah, I don't either. You think I'll watch it again? Like in any short time frame? No. Yeah, I don't think I will but, either. But I think I will plow through the books. If I, I, yeah, I mean, I did that like like a 70 days ago. And I'll, I'll continue plowing through the movies. I might even watch the Fantastic Beasts one. I'll say this in regards to the books. Uh, maybe it's because I just watched the movie. I don't know. I just picked up the first one, and I just, man, I've read that book so many times. Yeah. But I don't feel like I can just pick up from, like, three or four. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I think, yeah, I think people who do that are insane. Where, like, I have to start with the first you one. You got to start with the first one. But I just kind of like, honestly, it's on Emily's Audible account, which I have the password to, so I can certainly log in and listen. Uh, and it's like seven hours long, so if you put it on 2X, that it's... I don't feel guilty about putting those books on 2X. I've no, read nor them. I, nor I. Yeah. I know what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, our one-year reading challenge is over, and I can listen to whatever speed I freaking You can do want. whatever you want now. Uh, I haven't touched a book. No? Since since New Year's Eve, yeah. I actually have made my biggest progress. I mean, it's been four days. I think I think you can take a four-day break. Um, oh, I can take whatever break I want. I won. 
Right. Hand, There's no rules. Handily. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've made my most progress on a book. I don't think I've read in all of December. I've made my most progress on a book in a while. I've listened to like seven hours of a thousand-page book. Nice. I know. Um, but I do want to – we were talking about Name of the Wind today at work, and I do want to read that again. It's a good one. Yeah. It's on my I was, list. I was talking – because Ben mentioned something about it today that I was just like, I don't know who you're talking about. I've lost those details. And he was like, yeah, well, you've read a lot of books since you last read Name of the Wind. I was like, I've read 193 books since I last read Name of the Wind. I can name Kvoth, Coat, who is also Kvoth. Well, you also didn't read the sequel. Abinthi. That's it. That's it? Tim the Toolman Taylor. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, no. He's in the bar. I know that he has like a ward in the bar. I know that much. Bast. And there's this Bast. And there's a scribe. Chronicler. Chronicler. Devin Lockheed's story. And I know that the Chronicler gets mugged and he hides his gold pieces in his sock, I think. I don't remember that. It's very early on. Um, I Who know are the goes, evil people? The Chandrian. The Chandrian. There you go. Good man. Uh, I couldn't tell. Is there like a chief Chandrian? Like the Lich King? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what his name is, though. Yeah. It's something um, like fire related. Yeah, I know they make blue fire. I know he goes to like a port city, and it's just the Tarbian. most... Tarbian. and it's the most uncomfortable six hours of book ever yeah it's just like and then i lived on the streets and got beaten to shit over and over again over and over again <laughs> they broke my father's loot case and then i died and then i had to learn to play a loot with six strings and then five and then four and then eventually i could play any loot they made i could play any loot i wanted and this is gonna come back later on i promise and then he goes to the university, and the book is like da 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 da. Pacing is back. Da 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 da. Pacing is back. We're telling the part of the story that's actually a story. <laughs> this covered, part doesn't suck. We covered ten years in the last two hundred pages, and now we're gonna cover two days in the next four hundred. Yeah. Uh, there's a girl he meets. I know that he like. I know. Hold on. So the way that you, the way that the magic works is you sympathy. like sympathy is you every item is connected to another item and it's how closely they're connected so if you have like a a, a wooden dowel you can like move a tree right because they're yeah. both made of wood uh but it's harder yeah. to move a tree with a nail yeah yeah how would you take a sparrow out of the sky or an eagle or a hawk or a raven and don't give anybody your blood <laughs> Yeah, because then they can... Then Don't they ever can give anybody you. your blood. <laughs> I then, remember more Especially, than... especially, don't accuse the person who has your blood of selling your blood to somebody that wants you to die. Yeah. She'll get very mad. Yeah. And then she'll hook up with you, I think? I don't know. Is that the book where the dads, like, call a lady a lady and a, and a, and a bride a bride, but don't ever call a whore a whore? Is that that book? Yeah. 
I believe Man, so. That's... What a weird set of lines. <laughs> no, it comes back later on, though. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's part of the theory. Ah. Well, I need to reread the book, and then I have to read the sequel, and then I have to. And then the new one's coming out. I mean, maybe like. No, he's like announcing a date. Well, sure. And on February 2nd, we'll find the new name of the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, sure. Probably. When is Green Bay going to change their name, Ethan? Why would they change their name? Because their name's stupid. Um, But it's not because it's been, it's been, it's stood the test of time, right? Hmm. I was explaining this. I was explaining this today (laughs) about why why the Green Bay Packers, even though it's a stupider name, is a better name than the Washington Red Wolves. Red Wolves was a dumb name. I don't know why anybody was ever about Red Wolves. And they officially announced it's not Red Wolves. Then what is it if if it's the Washington Commanders? It's going to be something military. It's equally dumb. Yeah, it's going to be very dumb because it's going to be a military thing. Here's how you fix the Washington football team in 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 f- maybe five easy steps. Arrest Dan Snyder. Make it federal law that the team has to play their home games within the borders of D.C. Change the colors to red, white, and blue. They can have any name they want at that point. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and then burn FedEx Field to the ground because it's awful. FedEx Field does suck. Um, I my I personally the only name that I have liked out of this whole thing was the DC Sentinels. I believe that already exists. No, that was the DC Defenders. They were the XFL team. Isn't the DC Sentinels a the WNBA team? No. No, those are Washington Mystics. Yeah. Yeah. I've always I've liked hogs or red hogs the whole time. Nah. Also stupid. Red hogs bad. It's got. It's got history with the team. Doesn't matter. But it doesn't, though. You don't, you, don't, you don't get to have history, okay? You need to break the association. You can't break the association when they were last good in 1993, when the Hogs were on the team. It doesn't matter. We have to take, we have to take them, we, the rest of the NFL fans, have to take them seriously. Is the problem. There's a team in our division called the Giants. Yeah. Named after... Your New York football Giants. They've been around for a long time. They're named after the baseball Giants. Okay. And they've been they've stood the test of time. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're going to tear down a cool old building and you're going to build a new shitty building in its place, you at least have to make the building cool in a way. RFK wasn't where FedEx is. I'm not talking. Okay, I'm not talking about buildings. Oh, okay. I'm saying like like. So your brother compared it earlier to the the difference between the Roanoke Star and the Tubman Museum of Art. So we're getting hyper local here, right? Where like everybody loves the big stupid star on the mountain because it's old yeah. and big and stupid, and nobody likes the new big stupid art museum because it's new and big and stupid. Uh, I love the new big stupid art It's museum. not the point, Tyler, and you know okay. it, okay? <laughs> but the, go on the, record. I am a fan of the Tobman. The correct comparison would be like if Roanoke had 32 art museums, 
that had been slowly built over time, right? All uh, the way from like you built the first one in, and I mean I know Green Bay wasn't the first, but like it's a it's a stupid name, right? So you built the first one, and it's called like Dave's Gallery of Paints or whatever, <laughs> Dave's Paint and Tile Plus, and that's your art museum. It's got a stupid name, right? But it's cool and it's old and it's been around for a hundred years and everybody loves it. And then you've got a new art gallery and this is like your Carolina Panthers right where you got or your Jacksonville Jaguars where you've got like the Roanoke Art Gallery right mm-hmm. and what you're doing with the Washington football team is you're taking something that was maybe named like like the Roanoke racist art gallery right <laughs> but instead of changing its name to the Roanoke Art Gallery you're changing it to Jeff <laughs> How is Washington? Except in, in the in the in the in the process, you just took down the sign that said Roanoke's racist art gallery and put up a sign that says the Roanoke Art Gallery. And then are like, but this is not permanent. We're just gonna change its name to something stupid like Jeff or Wigglesmith. Washington Riggins. That's the worst idea I've heard yet. <laughs> The problem is, I have no issue with with warthogs other than the fact that warthogs are not cool in any way. Disagreed. They're gross. Is a great nasty. An- okay, the Washington Razorbacks is different. But some Arkansas. That is a that is a college mascot, right? Like you could be the you could be the the um couldn't the, be the Washington Hokies. You, yeah, you could be the Washington Tigers. You couldn't be the Washington Hokies. Yeah. You couldn't be the Washington <laughs> Razorbacks, right? Right. The Washington Golden Gophers. It right, is on Groundhog you, Day. You can't be, yeah, right? The Washington Groundhogs. Their their motto is just absolutely wild. It's not Pennsylvania, question mark A, or comma A, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Although Punxsutawney is near Philadelphia, right? That would be kind of a slap. If Punxsutawney we were is near Pittsburgh, I believe. Ah, oh, damn it. You think you're right because it's miserable in Punxsutawney. And you can say it's miserable in Philadelphia all you want. It's miserable in Pittsburgh in a whole other way. Well, it's miserable in in middle Pennsylvania in a whole third way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if middle, we were the groundhogs. The middle of Pennsylvania is like if West Virginia, it's the exact same as West Virginia, except it's not like. Pretty. Their, their hard times aren't a cool heritage, right? Like, <laughs> right. like West Virginia sucks. Because it's always sucked, right? Middle Pennsylvania right. sucks exactly the same way, but like West Virginia's already got that claimed. Yeah. So here's my thing. The new Washington uniforms do have stars on them, which I think is a grand oversight. Okay. Because the me Dallas about that. Cowboys have stars. That's like their uniform. Yeah, but like all the other Washington teams have stars. So? I'm sorry, if we put stars on our uniform, Dallas has to change. No, I don't agree with that. No, I think they do. I think Dallas is one of the few teams doing it right, honestly. Disagree. I mean, Cowboys is a good name, right? Like that's- They're cool uniforms, man. Look, there's a lot of things I'd fix about the NFL. Um, specifically, like, as far as branding goes, okay? Uh, the Cleveland Browns need a real logo. The, the Bulldog is cool, right? Just make it a Bulldog. It's fine. Cleveland uh, Bulldogs. No, but you can, you can keep calling it the Browns. It's it, I don't care about the name, right? In that case, I don't care about the name. But like, you can't. Your logo can't be an orange football helmet. 
If, if you're not willing to put a sticker of an orange football helmet on the side of your orange football helmet, it can't be your logo. End of story. Um, the Washington football team should be required to keep the just number helmets forever. New England should be required to play in red jerseys. Um, and get rid of the think, silver. Get rid of the silver entirely. I the think silver Dallas. Sucks. I think Dallas should be the only team that's allowed to wear white jerseys. Like at ever. home? Ever? No, ever. Think everybody should do the baseball thing and wear gray? No. Wear your color. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the Los if Angeles... Went to a, if I went to a Cardinals game and Kyler Murray came out on the field in a white jersey, I'd be like, this is stupid. This defeats the whole point. The Los Angeles Chargers need to wear the powder blue for every single game, every and game. the Los Angeles Rams need to stick with the throwbacks year-round. The... the, yep. the, the, the um. The bright blue, not bright blue, like the royal uh, blue and the bright NFC yellow. NFC East can play, or not NFC East, AFC North? AFC East? Ah. The Jets and the Bills have to wear their color rush jerseys every game. Agreed. Um, Giants need to go back to wearing the cream pants all the time. Those were cool. Uh, Seattle can wear whatever they want. Seattle can wear whatever they want. Um, Tampa Bay has to wear the the creamsicle uniforms for one home and one away game every year. Um, Speaking of sports, we've been talking Baltimore about Baltimore needs about to delete minutes. purple jerseys. Wear all black. Stop trying to wear purple shirts. Um, no, I think if you're going to have a team... Chicago can never wear an orange shirt or an orange pants again. Um, Chicago has the best jerseys in the NFL. I agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings, you're doing great, sweetie. Do whatever you want. You're fine. Uh, I do want to talk shift gears just a little bit. Philadelphia uh, Eagles have to wear the throwbacks every single game. They have to wear the green. Kelly Eagle. green with the white and gray. Yeah. Get rid of that that color that you have now entirely. Yeah, it's ugly. It's aughts. Okay. Welcome to this a sports-related hash brown in the middle of our Harry Potter episode. Congratulations. Yeah. So I purchased uh, NBA 2K22 for the Nintendo Switch. Do you know how much storage the Nintendo Switch comes with? Uh, like 64 gigabytes? Nope. It comes with 32. 32. Do you know how big of a game 2K is? Even if you have uh, the like, cartridge? 101. 40. 40? Really? That's way yeah. smaller on the Switch. Uh, Strong chance it's over It's over 75 on the Xbox. It's got to be. Well, I do have... For one thing, the Switch doesn't have the same graphics, so that's 100% why. Yeah, I mean, um, true. Um... <laughs> uh, so I, I don't have an SD card. I purchased one, but I'm going to start playing 2K. I'm excited. I'm going to play it on the Switch because I've decided if I can do it on the Switch, I'm going to do it on the Switch from now Those on. are the best sports games. Fun fact. With 2K? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm really working on caring about basketball. I might start gambling a little bit, put like 10 okay. bucks in. Um, have you decided on a team? I'm still bouncing around. Somebody made a case for the Knicks, which is like, ah, oh, it's the Knicks, baby. It's not always about the money. Yeah. Like, oh, that's such a good good argument. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you got to remember, man, the Knicks are so bad at basketball. The Knicks are so bad. I can't like a bad team in every sport. Yeah. Um, oh, the Knicks are way worse than the Washington football team. I know. There's zero hope there. Um, I really like the idea of the Hawks. I keep coming back to them, but I just don't like the idea of Atlanta sports. Somebody told me to like the Sixers as though we listen. I'll tell you right now. Listener. Okay, you can hate the Eagles all you want. Don't associate the Eagles 
with the Sixers. Okay, that's a whole different thing. Bryce Harper. You don't care about baseball. I care about that. The National League is stupid. Entirely. Let's talk (laughs) about that. American League till I die, baby. Uh, Also, Bryce Harper sucks, and you should have never been a fan of him. He's an asshole. uh, Never liked him for a second. So the Phillies are out. Yeah, I don't like the Phillies, the Flyers, or the Eagles, but I do like the Sixers. Remember, Tyler, JJ played for the Sixers. Did you play for the Bucks? And the Sixers go in on like the the Philadelphia thing more than any other Philadelphia sports team. Uh, JJ played for the Magic. That's like the team he played for, right? That was like where people knew him. Yeah, but you can't be a Magic fan. No, no. Orlando sports. That's a no. They have the worst branding, maybe of any sports team. Um, man, if I somebody said the Grizzlies, that's a. I mean, hey, I do like Bears. I got. I think you got to rethink this Hawks thing, man. The Hawks are cool. I know that's my thing. Because the, here's the thing: the Hawks color scheme, white, red, and neon. <laughs> it's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. So when I get the game, I have to wait for my my SD card to come in so I can play. But I think I'm gonna play a career mode. I guess you, I don't want to like do a creative player because I want to know who the players on the team are, right? I mean, you'll learn. But if I did like a creative player and was like, yeah, I play for the Lakers now. Like, is LeBron James not play anymore? Because oh, no. I'm LeBron James. I mean, if you choose to be a small forward. Is that what LeBron James is? Yeah. Okay. But like you, uh, here's here's what I, I don't know how 2K22 works. There are some games where like you have no control over where you get drafted. And there are some games where like you get to literally pick. Uh-huh. And I have no idea which one this one is because it changes basically every other game. Um. I would just pick a position and then do like the barest minimum research. Be like, who needs this position? Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to be a point guard, probably don't go for the Lakers because it's gonna be hard to get over Russ. Um, you know, but like, if you if you want to play like the off guard, like go find a a a, a team that needs a shooting guard and mm-hmm. go there because then you're not gonna overshadow like a player that you should know about, right? Right. I think, yeah. So I don't know, man. I know the Celtics are out, the Bulls or, are out, Lakers or are out, just Golden play, State's yeah, play out. for a really absolutely dog shit team like the Orlando Magic. No, I can't play with the Magic. I got it. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's been weighing on me a lot. I want to pick a team and start betting on them. Who plays? Here, just, here's here's the thing. Here, I'll tell you this because the, the the Atlanta Hawks are going to provide a good ROI in this game. Who plays for the Atlanta Hawks? And the thing about Atlanta, like if I wanted to go down and see them play, I could. It's doable. I bet they play in DC. I bet they play in Memphis and Charlotte. Somebody said Hornets. That's a no go. Memphis is really far away. Yeah, you have to fly there. Hundred percent chance Memphis is far away, farther away from Roanoke, Virginia than Atlanta. I know. I used to. So I have a, a basketball memory in Memphis. Kobe died when I was in Memphis one time. Um. And while the hotel I was staying at was where not the players, but the refs were staying for a Grizzlies yeah. game that day. I think I've told this story before, um, but I was sitting at the bar when the news that Kobe died was on the television and sitting next to me at the bar was an NBA ref who was like, I know Kobe Bryant. 
this Jesus. And so that was kind of like a, so I do have that kind of connection there. Yeah. I don't have anything like that. I mean, I've been to two Wizards games, but I don't feel much attraction to the Wizards, to be honest with you. You and I went to a Wizards-Hawks game. Did we really? Yeah. (laughs) Saw Dwight Howard play for the Hawks. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You ever seen that statistic that's like Memphis, or, or sorry, Knoxville is closer to Canada than it is to Memphis? I believe that 100%. Yeah. Tennessee's wide. Yeah, I know. Anyway, this has been Bacon and X talks about Harry Potter, this, the, the special. Um, I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it's been funsies. I'd, I'd love to know what you thought of the special or what you think of us or, I don't know, how you're doing with the whole thing. Um, if you don't want to talk about Potter anymore. Uh, Now's a bad no. time to decide not to talk about Potter. I'll be 100% yeah, but, with you. You've had, you a good, wanna... you've had a good few years, people that don't want to talk about Potter. But also, you just, you know. Yeah, do you. Anyway, oh. uh, I've been Ethan Edchill. Um, that's for Tyler Carlin. Uh, the Bacon and Eggs podcast is a production of WBNE Podcast Network. Um, for more great podcasts like that, like this one, go to WBNE.org or find our great podcast wherever you look for podcasts. And you here's a promo. late f- to the party. That's what I was going to do. No way. Yeah. We're coming back after a brief hiatus. I know. I heard the news today. I, I had a uh, Jordan Balky and I are forging a powerful friendship. I've heard. I'm very happy about this. Yes. You can't stop us. I, I don't want to stop. They our graphics for this show are by Vaishan Brandon, Vaishan Designs on Instagram. And our music is normally by Andrew Scott Bell, and it might still be by Andrew Scott Bell. It might also be like by a Harry Potter lo-fi artist that I found on the internet. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, uh, this has been Bacon and Eggs, and until next time, Arrivederci. Bye. I mean, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> <laughs>